You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 65 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Brandon Rendini Fitness.com. Brandon Rendini Fitness.com, where fitness and lifestyle go hand in hand. I'm your host, Christian, on location this week. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And Stack Guy Ryan. What up? What's going on, fellas? This is this is great. You can't even give us the reins to open up the show. You have to come on still and do it and and disrupt your nice vacation time with your wife. I care so much about this show that I cannot leave it unattended for the entire episode and you t- in your hands. Well, I hope the listeners respect that because I sure as hell don't. Well, you don't respect anything or anybody, so I wouldn't be. Su- I'm not surprised at all by your answer there. Has vacation? Let's start there. Uh, it's the weather has been pretty good, but you know, all it does is rain everywhere, including South Jersey. So I'm not really surprised that it wasn't too great today. Well, the weather held up enough in the Bronx this weekend, at least. Uh, yeah, coming off a nice three game set. I don't know how many games you actually got to watch down there, but. I've been picking, uh, it's, the Wi-Fi's been kind of crappy in the hotel, so, I, uh, I've been getting bits and pieces of, uh, games, listening a little bit on the radio, checking out highlights. Uh, it is encouraging that the Yankees went out there and swept the Blue Jays after coming off another series loss to the Tampa Bay Rays, so that's exactly what you wanted to see them come out and do. I mean, you guys can look this up and, and drop this off later in the show, but it, it's been a while, at least in my eyes, since this team has gone out and scored double-digit runs in consecutive games, which they did yesterday and today. So that was nice to see the offense wake up a little bit. But again, we can't even enjoy this because the big news coming out of the game today is Didi Gregorius is likely to hit the disabled list. Yeah, and that's a tough blow. I mean, it's nice to see Torres come up, and he got, what, three hits today? Mm-hmm. But losing Didi Gregorius especially because ever since his you know his great April then he went in a miserable slump but really since then he's been such a consistent force in this lineup uh it's definitely going to be a tough blow the good news is out of all of this the best news I take out of all of this this whole weekend is that this team was demoralized yet again against the Rays they come out they're starting pitching. I mean, Lance Lynn didn't have his stuff, but guess what? He settled down and kept the team in the game. They fought back from 4 nothing. They won the game 7-5, which was nice. And then, like you said, they come out and take care of business the next two days. They don't even give their starting pitching a chance to to blow the game. Uh, I'm. Uh, it's just that every time you feel a little bit better about this team, it's like something else happens. Uh, I got word earlier today that Gary Sanchez should start his rehab assignment Wednesday or Thursday of this coming week. So that's nice to hear, but there's still no definitive timetable 
about when he'll actually be back. I mean, the Yankees are going to be extra cautious and make sure that he's not only 100%, but 110% this time around. Judge had a cortisone shot. They're still waiting for uh, the pain to dissipate in that wrist. Which is, and so, that's frustrating too, because the last anyone spoke to Judge, he was expecting to pick up a bat and feel good this weekend. So, as far as I know, he still hasn't. They were they were hoping he was going to take dry swings, I believe, on Friday, but I don't believe he did, and I haven't heard any updates on it. So, I mean, you're already without two big sluggers in this lineup, and now you're looking at missing D.D. Gregorius for, I, I don't know how long it takes a, a heel bruise to heal, but it's going to be at least probably a 10-day thing. And also, you're missing... You're missing over 100 plus, you know, just doing quick math. Judge hit 50 last year. Sanchez hit 33. Didi hit, what did Didi hit, 25 yep. last year? So mm-hmm. you're missing over, over 100 home runs out of that lineup. I mean, and now you're going into a National League ballpark. It so might you're be tough to. Yeah. I mean, now, and now you're looking at Stan basically came out and said, you know, forget my hamstring. I'm playing right field these next two days, which you want to hear, but. Is that what's best for John Carlos Stanton? Because you cannot lose him. This guy is scorching hot right now. And he's doing everything you could have ever wanted him to do in, in Aaron Judge's absence. And listen, I don't mean to cut you short by any means, but we do have Guardy here today, actually. It's been a while. I know he's got a tight schedule. Uh, is there anything else you saw out of this series that you really felt you needed to touch on? Wait, we got Guardy this week? There's we do. Guardy's here. Guardy is here. All right, well, uh, no, outside of uh, what else can you possibly say that this team is being carried right now by Miguel Andujar and John Carlos Stan? I mean, without these two guys, what, what would the Yankees be doing right now? I mean, we're going to go in depth on a few things, but one last thing while I have you on the phone. Again, something we're probably going to wrap the show up with later how much better could Jay Happ be for this team right now? I Four mean, and up. Yet, I mean, I, yet I, again, I mean. I tweeted it out earlier today. This guy does not blow you away, but every time he's taking the ball for the Yankees, he gets into the sixth inning. What's the most runs he's allowed up in an outing so far? Three? I think three. The Yankees, yeah, the Yankees wanted him to come here and just be a consistent stabilizing force in rotation, and he's done exactly that. But I you mean, know, you couldn't act. You know why he's extra successful here, and I didn't realize he was this kind of a pitcher. I guess I did, but not to this extent. He's a he's really got some swing and miss stuff mm-hmm. for a guy who doesn't I mean, throw I'm, that I'm hard. I'm very surprised at some of his strikeout totals. He had what eight today, eight today, eight today nine, nine last the Rangers. Game. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's also so the, the Yanks first. wrapped up. A, yeah, I mean, Yanks wrapped up a uh, what eleven game homestand. They went seven and four. Uh, it's pretty much right on par with what you expect. I hope maybe they could have won an extra game or two along the way considering the teams that they played, but, I mean, it's pretty good. you just well, like to see that they bounce back well against uh, right. against Toronto. Because I can't believe Tampa's been such a thorn in their side this season. Yeah, and we thought it was going to be Toronto, but it ended up being the rate. Stack guy Rye had something on Hap. Uh, I believe Hap was the first Yankee to start his first four games going 4 0 since David Cohn did. Wow. Yes, I did see that. And since that's, 1995. That's, yeah, it was 95, right? Oh, Stack guy Rye, always on point. Always on yeah, point. So what are you going to do? And the Yanks today went 32 games over 500, which first is a time. new high water mark. 
2018, and the first time since 2011, 2011 the Yankees to end have, the season. Yeah, the Yankees have been this many games yep. over uh, 500. So, I mean, awesome. again, we just got to stop worrying about the Red Sox are doing because this is a really even with all these injuries and you know they they're uneven play against some bad teams. This is still a really good team, and you know. It's gonna if they can get past the wild card game, I think they're gonna be. I hate you know I don't want to go too far ahead, but I think they're gonna be a real force in the postseason. I do too. We'll let you get back to vacation. Uh, I'm sure our listeners appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll see you soon, probably next week. Yeah, man, enjoy the rest hey, of your Chris. vacation. Hey, fat guy, Ryan. What up? How Trevor Cahill doing his last start? Incredible. Think what seven innings, no runs. You know he has the lowest home ERA of any starting pitcher in the major leagues. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> that game's out. That, that game's guy, tied up at four right now in the fourth. Trevor Cahill fan club. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good have a good rest of vacation. We'll see you soon. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Say goodbye. F you. <laughs> All right, so we touched on it a bit there. We're obviously going to get into more detail as the show goes on. Yankees come off a three-game sweep against the the Blue Jays. If you take out, you know, that race series, the the team that's really been killing them a lot this year when they really shouldn't be, uh, they're nine and two since that sweep in Boston, which you, you really couldn't ask for more than that. It's it's these Rays that again yeah. kind of. Uh, like Christian said, a thorn in their side all year. But we'll touch on this in more detail. Like I stated earlier, we do have Gardy here. He's on a tight time crunch. Gardy. Uh, so I'll take it over to uh, to the Gardy report here. Well, Christian asked if I could host the Gardy report this week. But I figured since WFAN's John Manko owes us a bunch of favors for all the airtime we give him, I thought it would be cool to get a host from WFAN to do the Guardy Report for us this week. And the Mink Man delivered. Wow. He was able to get for us the most popular guy from the station. So here he is, Mike Francesa. Mike. To take over and host the Guardy Report, brought to you by We're All Tied Up. Get yourself a custom wreath over at We're All Tied Up. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so here's the Guardy Report. We got number 11 here. God, how are you? Oh, hey, Mike, I didn't know you were a part of the pod. That's pretty cool, dude. Okay, okay. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the season so far? Uh, you know, I think personally I-, I could be doing a little bit better, and, uh, you know, I could get the average up a bit. But, uh, I mean, uh, as a team, we're having a great season. It's uh, it's just unfortunate because Boston, well, they're having a, a historic season, you know, and uh, so it's it's going to be tough for us to... Uh, to catch them for the division, you know, and uh, we have to just focus on the games uh, we play on our schedule, you know, and sometimes, well, sometimes that's pretty hard to do, and uh, but, you know, we'll do it and, and see how it goes. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, what's your favorite candy? <laughs> uh... I, I don't know. I, I don't think I really have a favorite. I, I like them all, I guess. You want know what mine is? What's that? Mike and Ike. You want to know why? Why is that? It's got my name in it. Nice. Nice. That's pretty cool. Uh, you use hand sanitizer? Uh, do I use hand sanitizer? Yeah, like uh, Purell. You, you're on the road a lot. You uh, bring with you any portable Purell we on the road. 
Uh, no, I can't say, I can't say that I do, Mike. I mean, I'm from Holly Hill, South Carolina. We don't really worry about that stuff down there in Holly Hill. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so, uh, anything else, or, uh... Uh, no, 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 that's it, that's it. Alright, alright, well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Chris, and, uh, take it easy, guys. That's a Guardy report that there. That was a Guardy uh, report. Hosted by, uh... Oh. Hosted by Mike Francesa, the fan, and Guardy. Uh, always appreciate him coming on. That was a treat. That was nice. <laughs> um, back to business. Uh, again, the Yankees swept. Biggest biggest things you can take out of this, this series. It was refreshing to see the offense really come to life. And I know that... I know that they went on that streak where they scored, you know, five five runs or more in, you know, 15 straight games, something like that. But there was a difference this series. Yeah, 28 runs in this series. I mean, they really, they came out top to bottom and just demoralized pitching. And really, it's it, it comes down to three guys right now, uh, especially this series. First being... Miguel Andujar. I mean, this kid is above and beyond what you ever expected because I think the big part of it is you never really heard how great he was as a hitter. You heard more about how bad he was as a fielder. Mm -hmm. Not that we knew he could swing a bat. We knew he was a good hitter, but you didn't hear about it enough. Right. You always heard about the negative side of Miguel Andujar and why he wasn't up with the team and why they felt he wasn't ready. But they I, I don't even know if the Yankees knew that he had this kind of potential. They definitely didn't have the idea that he had the potential, at least at this point of his career, to carry an offense. He could have been a nice compliment in their eyes to this offense. But the fact that he's going out there with him alongside with Giancarlo Stanton and being the two driving forces to this offense, especially in this series, and just since the, the All-Star break, it's definitely not something that they were expecting, at and least the, at this point. And the thing is, and I tweeted this the other day, the craziest part of all of this is that in the beginning half of the year, you said, you know, the kids are carrying the team, Torres and Andujar. And throughout the whole season, whoever, whichever person on this offense was carrying the team – you're saying the name Miguel Andujar. Yeah, you're doing it alongside I Miguel Andujar. I know Judge had an an his, uh, had an historic rookie season, and I'm in no way saying that Miguel Andujar is having a better rookie season than than Judge did because Judge was just over the top. The guy should have won MVP. Well, what was always the one thing people would say about that's, Judge? That's exactly what I'm getting at. I never necessarily agreed with it, but he, what was it? He struck out way too many times. He went through that bad slump where, I mean, I after the home run derby, you know, he definitely felt some pain in that shoulder. I don't know how much that really attributed to, you know, him struggling, but Judge went a very long time where it felt like he was an automatic out. And, and not only that, just hasn't. But also, when he got up, it seemed like in the big spots, he maybe wasn't coming through as often as you'd like to. With Miguel Andujar, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, you know, you're right. It, early in the game may be different, but last year, it was like when Judge came up in the ninth inning with a couple runners on, down down a runner. So, 
he wasn't coming through. And I think ultimately that's what mm-hmm. gave Altuve the edge were his clutch stats compared to Judge. I think Judge, maybe at the end of the year, had his first ninth inning RBI. Yeah, uh, something like that. At I the end that. of last season. Whereas Andujar, I mean, Katie Sharp tweets it all the time. How many of his home runs have come to either tie the game or give this team a lead this season? It's just been phenomenal. I mean, every time the guy gets up, he's doing something big in a big spot. I think someone compared his swing, not to go too far off topic here, to David Ortiz. And I know, I noticed that he has that same, like, that, that quick bat speed with power and he, like, it's that, when he comes through the ball. That's, he, that's what I was looking really, for. Really, he has that he has that power through the ball, and when he finishes, he really reminds me of a lot of Beltre, where he kind of just lets loose yeah. after he's through the ball, which you like to see. I mean, you just compared him to two guys who are going to yeah. be in the Hall of Fame, so no doubt. Uh, it's always good. Other than him, I mean, let's talk about Stanton and what he's done since Judge has been out. This guy is an, he's another guy who, you know, we'll say it a million times on here. He was booed mercilessly. Mercilessly? Mercilessly. There it is. Yeah, that's it. it. Uh, Yeah, how crazy is that? For all through April, through the beginning of May. And, and look, we got on everyone because it was so early in the season, but I get that there's not a lot of patience in New York and, you know, this guy came here to hit home runs and to struggle the way he did at home. I get it. The year after he, he did hit 59 right. last year too. So expectations but, were high. But, but here's my point. This is why we were saying to give him some time because look at what he's done this year. And not only that, he's batting 280 something. Yeah. You know, he went from 220 to 280. And I, we, and we said, if he's doing this in August, boo him all you want. Absolutely. But he's not doing it in August. If And you know what? If he was batting 250 and still putting up these numbers, I'd be okay. But the yeah. fact is he's still, even if he's not hitting a home run, he's getting on base. Yeah, he had a nice hit today where he was, uh, he, he just he just went where, where the fielder wasn't, yeah. right in between the first baseman and second baseman. And it looks like his swing, it's just like he's using his legs more. I don't know if, it, if it's him just clicking on all and cylinders right now. Here's where I'm going to be in the minority, probably. But I'm going to make some some sense out of it. If you ask me right now who's carried the lineup more since Judge has been out, I'm going to say Miguel Andujar, and here's why. If Miguel Andujar wasn't doing what he was doing, Giancarlo Stanton would not see a pitch to hit. But the fact is, pitchers can't pitch around Stanton when you got Andujar coming up. At some point after him. Uh, Andujar hit right after Stanton today. And that's how it should be right now. Because Stanton's going to see better pitches. And if they walk him, guess what? Andujar's going to make him pay for it. So if Andujar wasn't contributing the way he is, pitchers would have a way around the scariest hitter in this lineup right now. But they don't. And Andujar's really stepped up in that way. Lastly, as far as the offense goes right now, and again, you know, everyone's really been contributing over the last few few games. Greg Bird. Oh. I got on him. I was done with him. And, and was you done know with what? him. And, and you know what? I think that it was acceptable at that point. And, and not that so much that we were done with him on a personal level, but just to a point where the Yankees have a very difficult decision to make moving forward. And... Greg Bird has very few games 
to show the Yankees what he's really made of at this point because he struggled after he came back. And the fact that he came out and he's, you know, we talked about it on a personal, uh, you know, text or whatever, that it was a big turnoff what he said to the media after that last game against the Rays where he came up with the bases loaded, no outs, and popped up on the first pitch. And he said, you know, I'm proud. I'm just proud to be out there. I'll have, he said something like, I have five, six, seven thousand more chances to do. Guess what? We don't care about your five, six, seven thousand more chances. Okay. We care about what you're doing right now. And I didn't like how he handled it, but to his defense, that's kind of just the guy he is. And that's kind of why he's a good clubhouse guy and why people like him. He's not going to let things affect him that way. That's not to say when the cameras aren't rolling, he's not disappointed that they got swept, but he's not going to sit there and, and, and be defeated. He's not going to, he's not going to be down on himself. And I, and I respect that, but he could have handled it better. He still could have said things differently. He could have said, look, I'm proud to be out there right now. I'm happy I'm not hurt, but me not being hurt means nothing if I'm not contributing to this team the way I should. That's really what should have came out of his mouth, but it didn't. But guess what? We can't really say much about it anymore because Greg Bird this weekend finally came through in a big way. He really, he really impacted this lineup. He came up. He had a big grand slam today. He had a big home run the other night. Um, he's just, he, he's starting to, put together much better at bats and you know where it really changed uh i think it was friday you were at the game yeah it was late in the game and they were still down i want to say i can't be positive but he had like a 10 pitch at bat and he ended up getting a base hit or walking or something was it when it was five five i it might have been when it was tied it might have been i'm not i'm again i can't be positive but the point is, after that at-bat, I said, that was the best at-bat I've seen Greg Bird have all year. He really battled. He he swung at his pitches. And when he had two strikes on him, he was fouling a bunch of pitches off. And he saw enough pitches to to gain the advantage over the pitcher. And he got on base and, and started, you know, a big rally for this team. I think that was when the game was actually, it was 4-2 uh, to two at that point. Bird walked and then Walker right after him hit a three-run yes, home run. that's what it was. Yeah, that was that's the bottom what it of the was, fourth. 100%. 100%. And Walker came through really big. I mean... That was awesome. Walker came through really big and, and the offense didn't look back after that. So, an, a, another great job by Walker. A great job by Greg Bird. Ultimately, Stanton coming through again. Uh, especially with that, with that, you know, whatever you want to call it, the delay and then calling the game yeah, after six it. and a, you know, one out in the seventh. Uh, they had the 1998 Yankeeography playing during that delay. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then I, you know, I tweeted it jokingly the other day that maybe this 98 team will sprinkle a little magic before they leave. But guess what? Part of being a New York Yankee and having those guys in the clubhouse at that goes a long way, man. This is this is a franchise. When people talk about the success over the years, part of that is when these guys come back and and they talk to these young players and they tell them, you know, we went through the same struggles. Cone talked about it all day on Saturday. I don't know mm-hmm. if you if you heard that Cone, O'Neill, and Kay they talked about when they really hit a rough patch in '98, and they had a team meeting. Jeter led it, and they said, look. We're not just letting down us. We're letting down our manager. We're letting down ownership. 
We need to step it up and we need to be the New York Yankees again. And that's part of being a New York Yankee. It's not just who's currently playing. It's who's played in the past and the relationships the the organization keeps with all these big guys. Especially with this franchise and especially with that 1998 team because that was a complete team. It was a team with role players. I mean, you had a Hall of Famer coming off the bench on that team, right? When, yeah. And Tim Raines. They t- they talked about that today on the radio. I mean, not only Tim Raines, you had you had Dow Strawberry coming off the bench. Wade Boggs, maybe? Wade Boggs once in a while because he would platoon with Charlie Hayes. I mean, it doesn't get more selfless than that as a team. So right. I so think it's a good I, example. I think 90, I know 96, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, 98 was, uh, 96 was. It was was, definitely Reigns, though. 96 was Boggs. 98 was. uh, Well, Reigns is on that team because he was there. Yeah, no, Tim Reigns was there. With Shane Spencer. But in 98 was Brocious, where, again, a guy that they didn't think they were getting much uh, to put at third base, he came through. He was at, at World Series MVP. So it's it's those kind of guys coming back into the clubhouse um, and contributing in ways that no one else really can. And maybe that sparks something. I think it, I think it speaks volumes that Aaron Judge has been hurt for what, 23 games now? He's been on, on the DL Something and like he's in the dugout every single day. I mean, and he, not only in the dugout, but on the top step, he, he was yeah. cheering on Shane Robinson today. He's throwing his at bat. And you know what? He doesn't necessarily show it much to the media. He's not a loud-spoken guy where he's going to, you know, Judge just doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to shut the door and and raise his voice and get this team going. But he, he shows leadership in so many ways uh, for such a young guy. And I think a, a big part of that is the fact that, like you said, He's been on the top step. He's still contributing to the chemistry of this team, even though he's been hurt. Hopefully, he's back within the next couple of weeks. But again, I really don't want the Yankees to rush him back. They're still they're still holding ground for that wild card right now. And guess what? The Astros are fighting for their life right now. It is crazy. And I can't imagine. Think about this. The Yankees have the second best record in all of baseball. Not in the American League, not in the AL East, in all of Major League Baseball, and people rip Aaron Boone. Imagine what what this fan base would do to A.J. Hinch right now, the defending manager, the manager of the defending World Series champions. And now what, what's the score against the A's right now? Because they're tied in, in the West. Right now it's the top of the fifth. Houston is leading 6-4. to four. Oh, my God. Wasn't it just 4-4? Yeah, it was just 4-4. Manaya is pitching for Oakland. He's the best guy, I think. Yeah, he is. Uh, Springer singled and Maldonado scored. So, And you know what? We don't have much to talk about, so I kind of want to dive into this a little bit right now. Sure. And I want to I wrap up with a little J-Hap talk and Lance Lynn and kind of some of those guys. But uh, right now... Aaron Boone has been in a very difficult position when it comes to how he handles the media, how he speaks and, you know, says things and what the fans are hearing, and also with the bullpen. And I'll say this. I'll say it again, actually. Aaron Boone is not perfect. He's not the greatest manager in baseball. Um, 
He is a guy who has shown in a lot of ways that he, yes, he is a first-year manager, and I get it, and it's frustrating. But people don't understand some of the logic behind what he does. And people need to have patience with him, not just because it's his first year, but because this team is 32 games over 500. So something is right. You can't just sit here and tell me it's the talent on the team. Because guess what? A lot of guys are hurt right now and they're very scrappy right now. You can't just give everything to the players. Because when they struggle, it's on Boone. So when they're playing well, you have to give some credit to the manager. If he, if they were playing 500 all year, fine. You want to rip him? Go ahead. You might not agree with a lot of things he does. I don't, especially lately, especially when it comes to the bullpen. But we have no right to sit here and rip his life apart. This team in any other year, in any other division, would be at least three games in first place. That's a 13-game swing. Any other division, they would be at least three games in first. The next closest is the AL West. They'd be three ahead of the A's. I mean, that's a 13 game swing because we're 10 out in the loss right now that's a 13 game swing that is a lot of games that's a lot of games we listen we have another reason to hate the boston red sox not just because of the rivalry but because they are putting a dark cloud over the 2018 season that should feel like Mm -hmm. like a weight has been lifted that we finally have a team that's really winning a lot of more, more games than they're losing whatever and they're putting a damper on that so f them Okay, but yeah, you you would not have be able to guess from the the talk and vibe around the Yankees that they are. It's like negative. It's all negative. It is. And I think honestly, everyone everyone reaches out to me and they're like, "Why is he playing Shane Robinson again? And why is he doing this? And why?" Because here's why: Stanton can't play the field, which. We talked about earlier, he said he's going to Miami because there's no DH, and hopefully that goes okay. But when he can't play the field, what do you want him to do? I mean, it's not like Gardy's been on fire and he's just sitting him. He's trying to put together a lineup every day that's going to be successful and win a game. And I get on him on on the bullpen stuff, but here's, here's where I can defend him and look at it on the other end. Boone is most frustrating. When this team is down by a run or two. But I said this in the beginning of the year. When you have so many guys that you consider elite guys. You want to use them when you're winning. Because he, it's like every pitcher who goes out there other than a couple. You got to expect that you're going into the pen after the fifth inning. So when you're down two, three runs early in a game or middle of the game, he's probably going to try and get a few outs from A.J. Cole. He's probably going to go to a guy who you wouldn't expect him to. And it's frustrating when those guys can't get the outs and then they blow up the game. I get it. And that's where I get on him. But I also understand why he's doing it. And guess what? Last year, you know what my biggest thing against Girardi was? And I was never easy on Girardi. I was always difficult, Mm -hmm. just like people are on Boone. But I always stepped back and I said, you know what? I might hate him. I might not agree with anything he does, but he's always put a winning team together. So I respect him and I respect his decisions and I just need to shut up. 
But one thing I really took out of last year was the how tired the bullpen looked through the playoffs. Because outside of that Cle- at the end of that Cleveland series, you really started to see a difference in a lot of the bullpen guys. Boone knows that. Boone has analyzed the season last year and has come into this year and him and Cashman and ownership has sat down and said, one of our biggest goals has to be to keep these guys fresh. And that's very difficult to do when your starting pitching doesn't give you six innings every day out. And when you play double headers every week because of rainouts and when you have 22 games in 20 days and so on and so forth. So we have to step back and kind of get off his back a little in that sense too. Leave the guy alone. They're 32 games over over 500. 32 games. And Christian said it, and I heard it uh, after the game, I believe, or right, right before the end of the game, that Susan Wallman said it. It's the first time since 2011 to end the year. That's how mm-hmm. difficult it is to be 32 games over 500. It doesn't happen all the time. It is a big feat. Give the guy credit. Give this team credit. And... That's that's really what I want to say about Boone at this point and, and about this team in general. They're having a good year. Stop letting the Red Sox put a dark cloud over this year. Like Gardy said, you know, they're having a great season, but the Red Sox are having a historic season. They really, I mean, they're going to set so the record. It's so and they lost today, so the Yankees will pick up a game, but in my opinion, they play the Red Sox September sec- to start September, I believe. I believe it's the Labor Day weekend um, series to start. They actually don't play Boston again until the middle of September. Really? Yeah, they start in Detroit uh, for September. They're in Detroit at the end of August, and then they go to Oakland and Seattle, Minnesota. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And then they go home, play Toronto, and then Boston. Here's what's going to make me happy, okay? They don't play the Sox again at, at home? I'm almost positive they do. They do play them at home, but not until the end of September. Oh. Six of their last ten games of the season, I believe, are against the Boston Red Sox. Here's what I'll say. Here's what would make me the happiest. Keep winning games like they have been. Keep winning series. Let's let's throw the Rays series in the bag, okay? Here's what I want to see from this team. I want to see them take care of business against the A's and against the Mariners first. That's the most important. Because when you're this many games out of the division... Again, you just got to put your head down and keep winning series. And they really have to take care of business, especially on the West Coast, where this year they have been very good, but in most years they aren't. They usually have a tough time on the West Coast. Um, so they got to take take care of business there. If they can go into the... F- they have two series left against the Red Sox. If they can go into the first series against the Red Sox, back only six games or less, guess what? They could probably still make a run at the division. It's definitely doable. I mean, Chris Sale's back on the DL. The Red Sox, you know, they could slow down. I doubt it. I doubt it. They're not showing any signs of it. Yeah, they lost today 2-0, but who cares? I mean, again, they beat a team that we can't in the Rays. So, you know, they could slow down. You got to just keep your head down and keep winning. But it starts by taking care of business against Seattle and against Oakland. Because you really, if you're not going to gain ground on a team ahead of you, you really, you really have to put the teams behind you 
out of out of the way at this point and and we got to stop thinking we got to stop caring about them but guess what i mean by that time the a's might be five games in first five games in first over the astros and you just don't want to play the astros in a one game you really don't even if it's at home you just don't you want a trivia question i do only one team has played in more wild card games than the yankees since they changed the wild card format back in 2012 what team is it you want multiple choice? I do. Okay. Is it A the Texas Rangers, B the Pittsburgh Pirates, C the Kansas City Royals, or D the San Francisco Giants? I'm gonna say D the San Francisco Giants. That's your final answer? That's my final answer. No. Can I can I use a lifeline? Yeah, if you if you want to use a lifeline. I you could do fifty fifty, I'll take two away, or we could call Christian if you want. I'm gonna phone a friend. Call Christian. Not a friend. Co-host, co-host. I'll call right. it co-host. But here's the thing: I said, I said the Giants because I thought the it's couple the times Giants. they. That's that's pretty crazy. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna. But I won't tell Christian. I'm gonna phone a friend. You phone him. We'll do it like uh, who wants to be a millionaire. Let's see if he actually answers. Yeah, if he doesn't, you're on your own. This is kind of messed up because in millionaire, I think. The phone a friend is notified to be. I think they are given a list to Regis. Right. And they're told. There we go. Well, we do things differently here on NYY Sports Talk. Hello? Yo. What's up? So we're hot right now. We're live. We're recording. Okay. Yeah. Stack Eye Rye gave me a trivia question. I'm using you as a phone, phone a co host. So okay. they're showing such a complete dumpster fire that you had to call me back during your show. Because right. Because you to bring me back on, on track. Here. Yeah, I'm about to hang up. I'll just, I'll forfeit the money at this point. If you're going to. How much money are we talking? How much money are we talking? I'm going for the million. Yeah, this is for the million dollars. You're going for, this is the million dollar question, huh? I'm going to, I'll say the question. Ready? I'll, I'll say the question. Since the new, <laughs> he's got the millionaire music going. Since the new format of the wild card, okay, which team has played in the most wild card games? Is it the Kansas City Royals, the say amount Texas, uh, Texas Rangers, Rangers, Kansas City Royals, Pittsburgh Pirates, or the San Francisco Giants? Pittsburgh Pirates seconds. or the San Francisco Giants? I guessed Giants and I was wrong, so it's not them. So who are the other two choices? Rangers, Royals, or Pirates? Five seconds. Rangers, Royals, and Pirates? Yes. Quick. Royals. Wow. So you're going Royals. He just, the phone hung up at nice. the <laughs> The correct answer is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Wow. They were in three. Yankees have been in two. San Francisco's been in two. And Baltimore's actually been in two. So if the Yankees most likely will tie the Pittsburgh Pirates this season for the most wild card appearances since the format changed back in 2012. Isn't that crazy? It's like every year the Yankees have a good season. The Red Sox have an even better one over the last like four years. That was a good trivia. That was great. I was actually nervous. Yeah, that fucking... <laughs> I never cursed before. That was my first curse. Uh, so, I mean, it's likely... Right, it's likely they're going to tie likely. it, but it's still possible. Um, one of those, one of those players making it possible for them to still, you know, win the division has been Jay Happ. 
what more? I mean, we touched on it. We don't have to go into detail, really, but I think the guy deserves a few minutes here just to say how great he's really been. And I, I've tweeted a million times, Cashman got him for stability, and that's exactly what he's given this team. And not only has he been an above-average pitcher, but you know, you look at what his role was supposed to be here, a four or a five guy, and our four and five guys, Herman and Gray, compared to those two of late, I mean. This is what Jay Happ is right now. He's showing you what a number two starter does. And really, they got him, like you said, to be a four or five. And he's pitching, he's, he's pitching above that. And at worst, he's going to pitch as a three guy. And you take that every day. And the question constantly asked, and I don't even want to answer it. I don't want either of us to answer it in a serious way because it's impossible. But the question asked every single week is, if the season ended right now, who's your wild card starter if you're in that wild card game? And Jay Happ is really making a case for himself because he's been the most reliable guy. And I, I mean, who knows at that point? I'm always going to say Sevy. Sevy's your guy. You ride with that. But you can also make the case that if you wanted to go to a guy like Hap and you win that game, you have Sevy and Tanaka fresh for the first two games of that ALDS, which is a big advantage because every other team's going to use their ace in that game. And I'm glad I brought up Sevy real quick because he looked a lot better. He wasn't sharp. He wasn't as sharp as normal, but he found his stuff again. His slider was there. His fastball command was still a little off, but it was there enough to be effective for most of the game, and that was a really good sign. He had swing and miss stuff again. Yeah, I think he he, he threw a good amount of pitches. I think what, he five, wasn't five plus, and he yeah, didn't he, record an out in the sixth. Yeah, he, he wasn't efficient. But he had eight strikeouts, so, I mean, th- that pitch count's going to go up when you throw yeah, that many Yeah, and that was, that was the problem. He had so, all of his strikeouts, it felt like it was on a 3-2 count. So he was throwing a lot of pitches. Um, but I wanted to see swing and miss mm-hmm. Sevy again. Yeah. I wanted to see that. And we haven't seen it in a long time. Um, that was very encouraging to see that out of him. The offense is there. It's it's starting to, the reason why this series felt different than than many over the last however many games you want to say 40 games, I don't know. It finally felt like everything was clicking again. The bullpen looks much better. The bullpen has come in and, and gotten big outs. Britain is starting to, you know, get a couple outs and and hone it in and get that final out of the inning and in, in his last couple outings. Uh, the starting pitching's been there. The offense has been explosive. So you're starting to click now again. Glaber's starting to turn it on Glaber's starting to turn on, and I, I tweeted that also the other day. He's starting to, to look good again on that inside pitch, which was a big sign for me because Glaber was scariest when you could throw the ball five inches inside, and he was so quick to the ball that he would keep his hands inside it enough to, to rip it down the line for a base hit. And he's starting to show signs of that again. So, and and how about this guy? Um, if you had to guess which player in baseball uh, leads the MLB in walks since the All Star break, who would you guess? Walks since the All Star break. It's a Yankee. I'm guessing it's a Yankee. Um, let me think. Let me think for a minute. Think. Hmm. 
I'd have to say Aaron Hicks. It is Aaron Hicks. Wow. Aaron Hicks. That's big. That's Because he's got some speed. Mm-hmm. You know? Him getting on base, whether it's a walk or a home run or a hit, whatever, that's big. Because he's become more of a table setter guy this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, they I, haven't had a leadoff this year. I don't think he really hit leadoff at all last year. Last thing before we wrap up the show, um, just want to get your quick take on this because I think it's a good point, and it was brought up a lot on on the fan this week. The fact that the Yankees are kind of scrappy right now, like we said, with the injuries and Judge and Sanchez and now Didi. Do you think it's a bad idea to keep Stanton in the two-hole? I was going to bring that up before. I was going to ask you, if when Judge comes back, do they just keep Stanton hitting second? Well, that that's an, an even better question, I think, because when Stanton was struggling a lot this year, I wanted Boone to switch it up and to put him second at that point because at that point it just seemed he was so lost. But he he's had in his career now over the last couple of years, few years, he's had a lot of success in the two-hole. Um, but my point was really when you only have – you know, when everyone's healthy, this lineup top to bottom, when Andujar and Torres are at the bottom of that lineup and, and as scary as they've been, it doesn't really matter where you bat anyone, right? They're just scary top to bottom. But when you only have a handful of guys now, four or five guys tops that are really threatening in this lineup, don't you kind of want Stanton a little bit lower so that he's getting up when more guys are on base? I mean, if you, cause if you really think about it, when you talk about the bottom of the lineup, you're talking about either Romine or Higashioka, uh, who else? Walker, Robinson, Robinson, one of those guys, right? Outside of Walker, who's been a lot better since he's been seeing more playing time, not a lot of those guys are getting on base. And with Guardy struggling too, you know, Stanton's getting up a lot of times where he doesn't have guys on, when he has had guys on base, he's come through big, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But I guess if they're going to keep winning the way they won this weekend, you're not going to fix something that's not broken. Yeah, I could really, I could really see them keeping Stanton in the two hole, and then when Judge comes back, what would you maybe put him in the three spot? I, I, yeah, why, why touch, Stan- why touch Stanton at this point? Because I think Stanton's high watermark this year as a two hitter is better than what we've seen Definitely. out of Judge in the two hole. Definitely. So and I just, I it, maybe it'll benefit Stanton. To and have- again, we'll we'll end it on this. What's the re- who's the reason why you can keep Stanton in the two hole right now? And even when Judge comes back, Miguel Andujar. If Miguel Andujar isn't producing offensively the way he has been, we're having a completely different discussion. And now if Torres is going to step it back up, this team's not going to lose lose games like they have been. Yeah, I think we could see this team heat up at the exact right time. They went through their lull at the exact right time, and hopefully they can just keep this thing rolling. That's what I was kind of thinking, too. Like, I understand they've been in a tough spot, but maybe they're coming out of it now. And maybe so. they're maybe they're going to click again at the exact right time. I think so. Baseball is all about timing. We 100%. Say it, we say it so many times. Baseball is all about timing. Now... Here's why they're they're you know nine and a half games out of first place right now, because timing hasn't been anything to the Red Sox because they've just been dominant all season. They haven't hit a wall. But guess what? They still can. Absolutely. And it could come at the wrong time. If the Yankees were going to go through a lull, I'm glad they did it when they did, 
You know, they started out slow and then they dominated and then they plateaued. Every team plateaus except for the Red Sox this year, except for the 98 Yankees. Those are historic seasons. And I think it's good to plateau. I think it's good to have those lulls in a season uh, that's 162 games. You're challenged. Especially when you're young like this. You need that experience. You need that, you know, negative, that, that. Are we as good as we think yeah. we are? And then you prove and it you, again. And, they, and everyone questions you. You question mm-hmm. yourself. And you go out there and you prove to the world that you are the team that everyone thought you were. And I think that's kind of what you're going to start to see out of the Yankees again moving forward. I At least I hope so. Mm-hmm. At least I hope that this is their time to turn it back on. And and that's exactly what this team did in the se- at the end of the year last year, they turned it back on at the right time. They ended up winning 91 games last year when really they hit such a rough patch that they shouldn't even have touched 80, 85, I mean. But then they turned it back on and won a whole bunch of games to end the year, and they ended up winning 91. Yeah, I think Judge hit his most home runs last year in the month of September. Yeah. So, so maybe that's what we're going to see here. Again, the Red Sox can still go on that lull. I doubt it. But let's just keep winning games right now. And, I mean, again, even the 98 team hit that rough patch. And they turned it on at the right time. And it carried them right through the postseason. So, you know, who who's up? Who are they playing next? They have off tomorrow, finally. And then... Then they have two against Miami, in Miami. Then three in Baltimore. Then they're back home against Chicago and Detroit. Right. Before they go back uh, out west, you got to take those two against Miami. Absolutely, right. You got to take two out of three against Baltimore. I'd love to see a sweep, but I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that they have to. You got to take two out of three. You cannot go to Baltimore and lose that series. I think they have to sweep one of the next two series, yes. whether it's the Miami one or the Baltimore one. You got to sweep Fine. one of them. Absolutely, you win have- both of them, but sweep one of them. Out of those next five games, you have to go four and one. Agreed. I'm sorry. You no, I have agree. to. There's no there's no excuse. You have to go four and one. Especially if Severino is gonna get back on track now. And then you got Tanaka who had one rough start and it looked like he was about to have another one, but he really he really stepped up again and only gave up a couple runs. So, you know, you have guys now in Tanaka and Severino and Hap. Hopefully CC I think CC should be back for his start. I think he was only going to miss one start. I don't. I. I mean, I don't know. I think he might end up missing one more. And you know what? I don't want to see Luis Sessa take his spot. No. And do you think lasagna with, could? Well, with I don't the, know. If with he'd be the ready. day off now, you can technically skip CC. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have two days off scheduled this week. I, if if it changed, I don't. I don't think it did. But they're off tomorrow, and then after the two against Miami, they're off. Traveling and to Baltimore. And Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, the Yankees have all the tools now to win four out of, four out of five. And that would put them on a seven and one, right? Seven and one run out of their last eight games. Yeah. And that's really what this team needs to keep doing. Let, let Seattle and the A's and the Astros all beat up on each other. And then you take care of business when you go to Seattle and Oakland. But you got it. It starts right now. You got to take four out of five, and if you don't, it's a disappointment. I don't care it, if you take three out of five; that's a disappointment. I you agree. take four out of five, and and anything better, five five out of five would be fantastic. Four out of five is expected at this point. Yeah, I mean you're playing to uh, 
two of the worst teams oh in the league. God. Baltimore has 37 wins. And what does that say about the Nationals? They they got destroyed by Miami this weekend. They won one game. Yeah. And then they got right. destroyed today. Did they? Yeah. They were at least. They, you know they got walked off two nights in a row, right? Did you see that Chicago Cubs walk off oh on them? Oh, God. That was The awesome. bases loaded Grand Slam walk off? Awesome. Doesn't get much better than that. Pinch hit. Yeah, pinch hit walk off. So that's where we'll leave it. Um, they got to keep winning games four to five. Keep that in your head. And, uh, and let's just, let's just keep taking care of business because we got, we got this schedule now that's really starting to, you know, be in our favor. You know, they made that, that Sunday night game against Baltimore. They made it an ESPN game and then they have to travel that night and go back home. Oh my God. Baltimore. I mean, there aren't, Susan brought it up. I was listening on the radio today that there they aren't a lot change. of good games, oh. but they're like the, the Rockies and Cardinals are playing one another. Uh, there's some good games. It shouldn't be because no, it's, it's the Yankees. That's crazy. All right. Uh, check the description as Christian always says, you know, check out our Twitter accounts on their um, website, our fan shop. We've got a couple new uh, shirts up there that we want you to check out. Rye, anything you, you touched on Cahill? He had a really great game the other day. Just how crazy is it that Trevor Cahill is totally back? It's, it's his insane. ERA's in the low threes now, I think. It's insane. Trevor it's insane. Cahill. I guess I'm going to end the show with my best impersonation of Christian uh, to kind of kick it to me because we can't end it any other way. Uh-huh. Right? So. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to episode 65 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Chris! I kinda like you. Say goodbye. Peace!